Now, did you guys move around at all growing up? No, didn't move a single time. My parents are still in the house that they bought when they first got married over in Woodridge. So is it weird going back to that house and be like, this is where I grew up. This is where I, you know, played basketball when I came home. Like, no, I mean, is that like a surreal feeling though? Like, I think the surreal comes from like watching your kids play where you played as a kid. We're live, and I got to spit the gum out again. <laughs> I throw it in the candle. This is our... The candles are ashtray, gum tray, <laughs> combo candle. So how's your day going, Joe? It's going pretty good. Good, man. Good. So this is real relaxed, real chill. I don't know if you've... You, we've only got a few episodes out, so I don't know if you've you've tapped into any yet, but uh wanted to bring you on. So specifically with the Adversity Kings podcast, everybody kind of knows if you listen up to this point, the... Adversity Kings, I kind of established early on in my career of individuals overcoming adversity and uh, representing in life overcoming adversity. I've, I've sold them, I've shipped them out, I've given them away. And specifically with our business, it's, you know, you, you do $25,000 worth of sales mm-hmm. in a month and uh, not an easy task. You know, it sounds easy, like somebody out there that, you know, might be in sales as well and, you know, sells millions or billions of dollars of gross revenue monthly or whatever it might be. You know, I challenge you to come over to this life insurance and sling around twenty five thousand a month consistently. Uh, so it's it's definitely a challenge. So, with that being said, you were one of our first qualifiers as we transitioned into Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been with the company longer than I have. We marched over this, that, the other, and I kind of want to start just with with this like interview process and piecing the story together of you growing up and kind of putting a putting the story together of. You growing up to getting into insurance sales. I know the story, but for our listeners, really to just kind of put that picture together. So where'd you grow up? So I grew up in Woodridge in Illinois over in DuPage County. Yep. Um, I'd probably say middle, middle lower. So both my parents married. Both my parents worked. Yep. Uh, No air conditioning in the house. No AC. And no heat. No, well, we had heat. You guys had heat, okay. But the no AC was a killer in these <laughs> yeah. Illinois fun August, July, humid yeah. summers. Uh, played soccer for most of my life. Yep. Throughout, you know, from five until junior high, got into basketball. Yeah. You know, played basketball throughout high school. And you're really competitive. Yeah. You can like when you turn that switch, you can be I very competitive. To. Yeah. Where did that start? That probably started in junior high. Yeah. When I made the transition from soccer to basketball, yep. you know, soccer was kind of fading out in my life. My height was starting to sprout up where I was yeah. being taller and basketball really kind of brought the competition out. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it was a lot more of the trash talking in basketball. Like, yeah. okay, I'm not going to take this as much. I want to deal yeah. it out. And did you have siblings? So I have an older brother by three years Yep. and I have a younger sister by 11 years. Now, did that make you competitive being the middle child? It did. Yeah. I think being as a middle child, you get, I don't want to say the worst of both worlds because your oldest sibling is like the trial run. They get to figure out what to do, what not to do. Yep. Then as the baby, well, the baby gets everything fun. So Especially being a baby girl. Yeah. And the only girl. Yep. And the only girl. (laughs) You know, I I never got left in the mix. I never felt left in the mix. Yeah. You know, my parents were very much involved with all three of us. Yeah. You know, but I got kind of, okay, your brother messed this up, so you're not going to have it. Now, did you guys move around at all growing up? No. Didn't move a single time. My parents are still in the house that they bought when they first got married over in Woodridge. So is it weird going back to that house and be like, this is where I grew up. This is where I, you know, played basketball when I came home. Like, No. I mean, Is that like a surreal feeling, though? Like, I think the surreal comes from... Like watching your kids play where you played as a kid. Seeing like, seeing the house my parents are still in where I grew up in. Yeah. And seeing the house, I mean, now since we just purchased our first home, me and my wife together in May. Sick crib too. You know, seeing where I grew up and how my parents, they didn't struggle, but they provided the best they could for us. Yeah. And I couldn't appreciate that more and instilling the values of that into us. Yeah. Um, and being able to give my family what they have now and provide for them, yeah, it's 
it's a heartwarming experience and oh, feeling absolutely. constantly because it's not about what I'm doing for myself. It's what they get to have. Yeah. You know, that yeah. I necessarily didn't have. I mean, even just the simple things like air conditioning. Oh man. I love air conditioning. You know, I love being able to like adjust it and not care, like turn the heat all the way up or turn it all the way down. My wife tells me I have flashbacks all the time. Once the summer comes and it gets above 73, I'm at 64. Put it down to 65. I do that to every hotel. Like every <laughs> hotel I go into, I immediately just turn it down. I have to. Pretty pretty cool, pretty quickly. So now growing up then, getting into junior high and then high school, were you, did you stay into basketball? I did. So stayed in basketball going into high school, uh, stayed with basketball. Yeah. I actually wanted to go into football. I was approached by the f- football coach, John Belskis. Yeah. And I was tall and slender, a perfect wide out. Yeah. You know, and only about a buck 85 at the time. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to do football. My mom, my dad was on board, but mom said, you're going to break your neck. You're going to hurt yep. yourself. I'm like, well, I got pads and helmets. She's like, no, stick with basketball. Yeah. So stayed with basketball, had tremendous experience. Um I believe I think I got hurt more doing basketball than I would have with football, though. Yeah. I broke my nose, I think, five or six times, Damn. tore my PCL, yeah. you know, a couple chipped teeth. Yep. So. Yeah, roughing it for sure. Roughing it for sure, but went through high school, no issues, good grades. Yeah. Did you have any, like, favorite classes? Favorite classes? Not really. No? Nothing really stood out to you where you're like, I really like this, I want to <laughs> maybe go to school for this? Uh, computer science, actually. Okay. I'll let you mention it. I was always very good with technology, and yep. it intrigued me. Yep. So couldn't stand English, loved technology and computers. Now, what did technology look like for you growing up? Or did you play, like, the arcade games? <laughs> yeah. What What is it? The Original Oregon Trail through in grade school, the green and black screen on the original apples. Once high school hit, I think we only had... Did the, they have Ataris? Did you have an Atari? No, I didn't. Was that before your time? That was before, luckily. Damn, uh, for We real? had uh, the original PlayStation... And the Nintendo 64 for the most part. I think the Xbox was, the original Xbox was just coming out. How old were you when the original Xbox just came out? Probably mid-teens, 16, 17, I believe. So what about the Apple products? Were those prior to you too? Like was Apple already kind of? Apple was there, but they primarily did computers. Yep. But it was those big Macintosh. Macintosh. They weren't called Apples. It was Mac. Yeah. So... The original Apple, I think, came out after high school. So when did you really get into games? Games? Really wasn't into games too much. It was more the programming. The programming? So after graduating high school, I did go to college to DuPage, COD, and I went to their computer information systems program. Okay. Because I did do a couple programming courses at Downer South, like the programming aspect of... Programming as in coding? Like actual coding. Okay. So if... Basically, present a problem with, you know, ultimately you need it need to figure this out. Yeah. Take this guidelines, come up with a program that does it on an automatic basis where the user just puts in data. And and you're essentially creating this language computer wise that's interactive, <clears throat> where it's like you're you're like I don't understand coding at all. Like how so the heck does that th- work? If we if we relate it to our business, yeah. Like with retention, let's say somebody has retention issues. Yeah. We could take their six months. I could come up with a program that says, okay, let's take these six months, figure out how much they need to get back to get to a certain level, and yeah. in what months, just by inputting numbers off of a report. Okay. That makes sense. But now, but like the coding in the sense of like creating websites, and it's, it's all problem and solution. Like the problem is you don't have this website. Here's the solution. Here's the solution. What do you want? Yeah. And let's figure out how to do it so it works the exact way that you want to. Why does it have to be so confusing when it comes to coding? Like, why can't it just be like website with with black background and white letters? Like, it's it all seems so like different language. It is. It doesn't follow. I think the easiest way is when we did go to CUD, my programming teacher, she told us, you know, how do I make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? <clears throat> Yeah. You know, tell me how, and she would act it out. Yeah. So a lot of kids would, you know, be like, okay, well, get the peanut butter. And she'd just stand there and do nothing. And we're all looking like, well, what is she doing? Yeah. Come to find out, she's like, you literally, she's like, 
detail oriented. Like she's like, you, I have to move my waist to switch my body to actually even be facing the jar in the cupboard. Like, yeah, it was that detailed to like every little muscle when it comes to websites and stuff. There's so many different products that interact with that website. Yeah. You know, from even someone who has an iPhone to an Android to someone who has a PC to something that's Linux based that all has to mesh and they all have to read similar instructions. Yeah. And they read them in a specific manner. So it's very finely detailed. So how far did you take coding? I took coding probably only about six months into COD. Yeah. Until I did get frustrated with my coding teacher and I just kind of, I left COD completely. The peanut butter coding teacher? Mm -hmm. Okay. Got completely frustrated with her. And then what? Bills were piling up at the time. You know, I was still living at my parents' house. But yeah. Wasn't exactly responsible with money at 18 years old. Yeah, who is? So work took a forefront to schooling. At the yeah. time I was working at Jewel, you know, just being a stalker. Yep. So... Did that full-time, made a switch over into the overnight crew, which for the next year and a half, I didn't have a life because I was working 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. Yep. So I was getting home as my parents were getting up. I'm sleeping. Nothing really. I finally had an opportunity to have an opening to go work in a warehouse for Circuit City. When I don't know if you were even born when Circuit City was around. 98 was when I was born. So 98, they were. Let's go. So, <laughs> Yeah, I'm a 90s baby. Went to Circuit City, <clears throat> went to the warehouse, worked myself out of the warehouse to the sales floor. Yeah. But I was back with the video games and the software, kind of my niche. Yeah. Then went over to the technology side with computers, digital cameras, things like that. Yep. My store manager at the time actually left but me and him developed a very good relationship because i ended up being one of the top producers within the technology company the technology part he left for t-mobile yeah. as a regional manager yep. over in milwaukee so he wanted to bring me with him to eventually be a store manager since i did become an assistant manager with circuit city yeah i told him I was like well let me talk to my dad because i do run a lot of things by my parents at the time yeah. And get their input on it. So I ended up getting an official offer offer from T-Mobile. Yep. Went to my parents, went to my dad. He's like, well, it's Milwaukee. You, you know, you'd be on your own. You got to get an apartment, furnish, all this stuff. And he's like, you know, what, what you would be making as a starting salary is actually more than what I'm making. Yeah. And that was kind of eye-opening considering my dad's been with, the Morton Arboretum for at the time probably about 25 years. Yeah. But he loves what he does. So, I mean, money never was an issue. Yeah. So, I mean, I took it, moved up there, was, I would say I wasn't ultra successful up there. Yep. Um, I ran, I ended up running into a few personal issues with, I was able to recognize I was starting to have a, an alcohol issue yeah. in Milwaukee at a young age. I started noticing at first it was just, it was drinking by myself in my apartment, mm -hmm. one or two beers. It started getting more than it was a bottle. Then I started to notice that I was getting just, you know, sloppy drunk. Yeah. You know, and I recognized that problem. And I went to my regional manager at the time and who, it wasn't the same one that brought me on with him because yep. he left. And I told her, I'm like, I like the company, but. I'm starting to have a problem because I'm noticing I'm alone up here. I haven't yeah. developed any relationships with people and this is a problem for me. I'm like, yep. I, I'd like to transfer back home. So I'm closer to my family, to a support system and my friends. But I do understand if that opportunity transfer isn't there, I'm going to have to put my two weeks in because I didn't want to go down that road yeah. any further. Yeah, I'd rather be unemployed than have that problem become a much bigger issue before I come myself or someone else. Yeah. yeah. They say alcohol is one of the most like a craziest things to quit. You know what I mean? Like withdrawals from, from alcohol is up there. Like from stories that I've heard is like, like, like yeah. a heroin withdrawal. You know what I mean? Like the shakes and it's definitely not good. 
Um, so unfortunately, they did not have a transfer. So I put my two weeks in. Yeah. I moved back home and I ended up falling into uh, Singular right as they were doing the merger with AT&T. Okay. And oddly enough, my very first store was right down here on Roosevelt. Okay. Right near that Burger King is. Okay. So ended up being with AT&T for a couple of years. Actually took that store. I think the first year we did 50% over what our quota was. Yeah. But they were closing it due to the new experience store in Oak Brook. Yeah. <clears throat> so then they brought me over to Chicago Ridge and Oak Lawn. And after a couple of years, I really got tired of, I got tired of working for the corporate world, really. Yeah. I, I trained a lot of people that would get promoted, but I never got promoted. And I just felt taken advantage yeah. at a point like I'm good enough to train my boss, but I'm not good enough to move forward. Yep. You know, that whole who you know versus what you do is very prominent at the time. At least that's what I experienced. Yeah. And it really started eating away at me. Yep. So I left AT&T without a plan. I put my two weeks in and I had nowhere else to go. Lived off my 401k at the time for six months. Yep. And one of my friends... Worked for American Income, and oddly enough, he was also one of the bartenders with a bar that I occasionally frequent. And he was like, you know, hey, Joe, you know, you've been in management. You know, you've dealt with a lot of different types of people. You know, why don't you come check out what I do? You know, and I've seen, I saw some of his various amounts of success. So I was like, well, at the time, I was like, you know, three weeks of money left. <laughs> Really got nothing to lose at this point. So I came into our the office used to be over on Woodridge at the Waterfall Glen Center. And Nate brought me in, met my GA at the time, Greg Stewart. And he just, he literally laid everything out for me. You know, this is what we do. We're a 100% union company. It's insurance. And he literally laid out, I want to say like a sample presentation, but like a sample package so to speak you know this is what it would be and how much you think it would cost a month for something like or what would you be willing to pay for this yeah i was like sounds like two 250 bucks a month for that he's like it's 60 bucks a month he's like could you learn to explain it the way i did to someone else for 60 bucks a month i'm like yeah and put my 50 bucks forward for my temp license when we had temp licenses yeah did it for three weeks, still wasn't too sure if this is something I wanted to do the rest of my life. But ultimately, I think what sealed what sealed this for me was the first time I went out on my own. <clears throat> and Greg had something going on a Saturday morning, so he gave me his three appointments. And I was still living in Woodridge. They were all the way out in Cortland, out near DeKalb. Went out there. The first two appointments were a bust. Yeah. Last appointment, I could. their last name is Unger. Went out to see them, spent two and a half hours in the house. Ended up walking out with a check for, I think, 230 bucks a month. Yeah. I called Greg up. It's like, hey, this is what I did. He's like, oh, you know, you know, how much ALP? I'm, at the time, I was still getting the lingo down. Yeah. I'm like, well, it's the check's $230 a month. <clears throat> so he starts hooping and hollering on the phone. And I'm just thinking, like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? I'm like, I yeah. thought this is just what we're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you'll get it <clears throat> next week when you get your check. Get my check, it's like 1400 bucks. Yeah. And I look at him, I'm just like, I, I was in that house for two, two and a half hours, and I get 1400 bucks. He's like, yeah. He's like, that's not even the best part. I'm like, what's the best part? He's like, this will continue to pay you the rest of your life as long as they continue to pay. Yeah. And I'm like, and this is legal. He's like, yeah, I'm like, no one's going to show up at my house and like arrest me for like money laundering or something. You know, two and a half <laughs> yeah. hours, 1400 bucks doesn't jive with me. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, it's 100%. I'm like, I can find a way to do this now. Yeah. You know, and I didn't meet my wife or anything at the time yet. That was a couple yeah. of years down the road. So... That's what sealed this career path for me. Where was Wang? Wang was still here. Were you under his like hierarchy? I was. I've always been with Dave okay. since March. I came aboard March 9th, 2009. What was he like back then? 
He was intense. Yeah. Was he big wang or little wang? Because I remember you guys. You I said see, he was I've on, seen him fluctuate between on the pasta, Fat Dave and Little Dave. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he loves his pasta, and I love my pork chops. So. Man, I love both. <laughs> I love both. So it's been. It's it's, I think, coming into this business and and being here for, for thirteen years, you know, and coming from where I came from and I hear everybody's story where they use like American income is like, is what helps them propel over that initial adversity. Like we yeah. both, we both know people in the business that came here as drug addicts or yeah. alcoholics or abusive relationships, or they made mistakes in their lives where they were yeah. arrested, but they've been, you know, God's given them that second or third or fourth, fifth chance. And they come here and they, they just flourish. Yeah. You know, and I always looked at my my upbringing and everything as like it's average. Like I didn't have a lot of adversity in my childhood. Yeah, I had a very stable family. I was not beaten. My parents loved me. They took me on vacations. They made sure we were provided for. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're like your typical just like great parents. Yeah, you know, that just put love on you and tried to give you the best opportunity that they could. Yeah. So, and it was always like seeing everybody use American income is just so cool. And then probably like the last month I've started looking back and I'm like, my adversity didn't, didn't happen until I was here for about two years, two and a half years. Yeah. And I just met my now wife. Yeah. Christy got pregnant virtually right away within two, three months of, dating okay i had an opportunity to open an office in peoria for bob i took it moved my what my christy and her two boys which are my boys yeah down to peoria and her sister because she struggled with addiction so we wanted to get her away from the city yeah so she came with us opened the office and for a year i failed miserably yeah. As an MGA running an office. So why do, you, why do you think you failed, though? I did everything wrong. If you could go back and, like, what three things would you do differently? Um, I would recruit more. Yeah. And I would I'd pay attention to the people that I did have. Yeah. At a much more detailed level. And I would work harder. Recruit more, pay attention to the people a little more, and then work harder. Work harder for sure. So I, I squandered that opportunity. Yeah. You know, it completely did. So me and Dave talked after about a year. He's like, why don't you come back up here, be a personal producer, and focus on yourself and accomplish some things as a personal producer. Yeah. So I did. I gave up the leadership to be a personal producer, move Christy, the boy. Did someone take over there, down there? Uh, Robert Wright did. So someone did take over. Okay. You know, and they had a varying amount of success, and then that kind of fell apart. Yep. So I became a personal producer. I struggled for a little bit. Yep. And that's kind of really where my my adversity started was when we when I started struggling. Um, wasn't making the money that I thought of. Yeah. And it, it started impacting, you know, mine and Christie's family. Um, to the point to where, you know, you're looking at the bank account and it's negative at the time. Yeah. And there's there's no groceries in the house. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's painful to have to look online to see where your local food bank is. Yeah. And take your girlfriend at the time. Two two kids that are. 10 and 7 mm-hmm. and a one-year-old to a Baptist church to get three or four bags of food with the possibility of getting meat if there's enough meat to give out. Yeah. And, I mean, it it hits home. Yeah. Like, what am I doing wrong? You know, and I knew what I was doing wrong. I still wasn't working what I should. Yep. You know, I think 
And this went on for probably about like three or four weeks. Yeah. And I had too much pride to ask my parents for help. Yep. You know, I didn't want to put that burden on them. So for about a month, we went to food banks once or twice a week to provide for our kids. Yeah. You know, and there were times where me and Christy would, we would go without food. Yep. So the kids could eat. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know for me and Christy, that's just something as parents, you know, if, if, it, if it's between us and the kids, the kids are going to get before we do. Yeah. You know, so after that, still money was an issue. You know, I actually stopped running appointments for a couple of weeks and worked for someone through our church. Yeah. Just to kind of get some money coming in. Yeah. You know, I didn't even I didn't even tell Dave about that until years later. I was like, "You remember those two weeks where I kind of disappeared?" He's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Actually, working for someone else to get money to come yeah. in." Yeah. And I finally got a break. A deal came through, you know, which allowed me to stop that, and you know, kind of get back on track. Yep. Uh, me and Christy got married, I believe, a year later, and just continually worked the business at that point. Yeah. You know, never forgot. <clears throat> what it was and we never wanted to go back to going you know to have that struggle yeah i don't want to say poor or anything like that just we didn't want that struggle anymore you know and and luckily with god we haven't yeah but so much more has blossomed from that struggle and made me realize you know i had an opportunity to to quit when that came up and kind of say, this isn't going to work anymore. Look what it's done to my family. We can't eat. Yeah. And we pushed through and just, I kept my vision alive or my dream of, this is what I've been told. This is what I see in everybody else in the business that, you know, you know, Dave at the time had renewals of like 10 grand a month. Yeah. Like, we can get there. You know, it can't be an easy road for everybody. This is like our hard part. So. It's still, it's still, it's odd just thinking about, you know, nine years ago where we were at with that part of our life to where our family is now. Yeah. In the, the financial situation where we're now, but I know we we had to go through that to have the gifts that we have now. Yeah, you know to kind of develop yeah. to for sure. And you know, I mean, I I couldn't ask for a better partner in Christy with this stuff. Yeah, because she's picked me up out of messes. She's made me realize certain things when I've been too hard headed to see it. Mm. So it, it's just been like this opportunity literally could be anything for anybody is yeah. what I've come to find out, you know, from, I, I'll just say a consider yourself an average kid growing up, stumbling into a phenomenal opportunity that I didn't even know was going to be a great opportunity. Yeah. You know, and I never knew what I wanted to do as a, as a career as a kid. But I know now as an adult, mm -hmm. which I'll ne I'll never leave, you know, American income. This has just done too much for my family. Yeah. And it can provide so much more in the future. It can it can do whatever my family needs it to do. Where do you think you develop the resilience that you have, like just to be relentless? You don't quit. A lot of it came from basketball. Yeah. Especially in high school. Our freshman and sophomore coach was Jay Baum, and he was also one of the football coaches that Dave knew because Dave went to South, too. We had a lot of the same teachers and coaches. Yeah. So my freshman year in high school, I was at basketball. We went 23-1. and one. We still hold the best record at South out of all their sports, except for badminton. Badminton went undefeated, but we didn't count badminton as a sport. We lost our only loss to Addison Trail, who we previously clobbered both times that we played them. And they blew us out, and we took them lightly the third time because we already, I mean, we dominated them the first two times. Lost 
Coach Baum was extremely upset. I mean, frothing, spitting in the locker room. So we showed up for our Saturday morning practice because we practiced Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, game Friday. We had a four-hour practice on Saturday from 8 until noon. Yeah. About 45 minutes into our Saturday practice, one of the guys started to laugh. Coach Baum was like, you think this is funny? Yeah. You think this is funny that we got beat by a team that we blew out two previous times? There is no, a couple of expl expletives were said. It's like, you know what? Practice is over. Call your parents. Tell them to come pick you up. But he was not happy. Yeah. And it was just like that competitive nature from Coach Baum just spilled over into us and into me. Yeah. So much to the point that he believed in us that the next year they bumped the sophomore coach down to freshman so Coach Baum could stay with the same group of kids our sophomore year. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So sophomore year we went 21 and 3. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just that very competitive nature in him just spilled over into me of like, give it your all. Yep. You know, and I think that was the start of it just probably at the time not recognizing it. But that was the start of it. And then later on in life, throughout years, probably the last, say, seven years, eight years that me and Christy have been going to the church that we do to now, God has played the biggest role in things. Yeah. Of just having faith in him that he'll take care of things, letting that worry go. Yeah. And that's been the biggest blessing is Amen. having that relationship with God. Amen. Because he takes care of it all. Amen, bro. If you just listen to him. Amen. And it's not always easy to listen to him. No, not at all. Not at all. Now, growing up, what are some valuable things, like one or two valuable things you think you got from your mom and your dad? From my dad, patience. Every man got to develop patience to stay in a relationship. Oh, <laughs> patience. I'll love um, ladies. My mom... So many people call it, may call it a bad quality, but her stubbornness. Yeah. No, stubbornness is good. If you're stubborn with the vision, stubborn with your success. Exactly. It's, you're you bound know, to be how, successful. How do you apply that stubbornness? You know, if you apply it in a positive manner, that's a great quality. Absolutely. You know, the patience thing, sometimes I think that goes both ways. Because yep. with teenage boys, I'm like, I think my patience is done. Yeah. I can't even imagine. You know, that parenting's a whole new experience that I don't... I don't care what anybody says. You're never prepared for that. Yeah, I can't imagine. Now, so, what about what? If, what's the most valuable thing you think you've gotten from your wife? Um, being able to admit when I'm wrong. Yep. Because that goes against. So my you're saying mother's. she's really good at admitting when she's wrong. At <laughs> times, we both have that struggle. <laughs> I, I learned from my wife how to say I'm wrong. <laughs> you know, I know everybody says, you know, happy wife, happy life. Yeah. You know, and I'm just like, no, no, no. It's happy spouse, happy house, because I got to be happy too. Yes. Um, yes. And she kind of looked at me. She's like, where do you learn that? One of my policyholders told me that, and I'm sticking with it. Yeah, I love that. So, you know, we complement each other to where she, um, you've probably noticed in the short amount, the last year, I'm an, I'm pretty introverted for the most part. Yeah. My wife is not. So as opposites, we, we kind of, it's, it's just like the Bible says, when the husband and wife come together, they, come, they become one. Yeah. Same thing. I compliment my wife where she compliments me. Yeah. So we do become one. Yeah. Which is pretty nice, but then we have our clashes just like any relationship does, but we yep. get through them. Yeah. So, I mean, I had to become something I'm not comfortable with here. Mm-hmm. You know, if you leave me to my own vices, sit at home, I'll be quiet. If I go yeah. out, I don't have to be the center of attention. I'm the one sitting back observing. Yep. You know, because that seeing people interact, I think a lot of times you can learn a lot more. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's, it's great having someone in my wife push me to grow in areas that I'm not comfortable with yep. and vice versa. Yes. Yes. Just complimenting one another. Yes. What do you think some of your favorite like childhood memories are? 
Oh, going to Wisconsin with my dad, my brother, my grandmother. That. What about that land? Is that is that the land you were talking about? So, oddly enough, my dad told me my great great uncle came over from Sweden and they owned a farm up in Winter, Wisconsin. So they owned I don't know how many acres, but it was quite a bit of land. Yep. So my great great uncle would bring my uncle and my dad up there during the summers mm-hmm. and they get into all sorts of mischief when you could actually get into mischief and not get into any trouble, you know, potato guns and all that other fun yep. stuff. So my dad kind of kept the tradition alive is as me and my brother got older, <clears throat> he wanted to bring us up there. Yeah. Well, the people in our church at the time had a, had a resort. It really wasn't a resort. It was like a main house and he had like three hunter cabins. Yeah. So, he brought my brother up there because I was only like two at the time at first. So the next year I went at three and my grandmother said, you're not bringing two boys up there alone. I'm coming with you. Yep. So from three until 18, we'd go up there every two weeks. You know, and it was always the same cabin, same lake up in Wisconsin, Barker Lake. And it was just so much fun not having like no electronics. We didn't have a phone. Yeah. Cell phones weren't out yet. You know, all you had was the lake to go fishing, swimming. There's a golf course that you can walk across the road for. You go into town. It was much more simpler and less yep. stressful. So after that, I was still involved with Boy Scouts. Yep. So at 18, I, I was already working the summers in Michigan at a Boy Scout camp as a counselor. Yep. Was doing that for the last probably... Once I hit 18, I wasn't going to Wisconsin anymore because I was doing the Boy Scout thing full time. So after Boy Scouts, work took over some more. And then two years ago, I actually had the opportunity. I called up my dad. or I told my wife, I was like, I want to take my boys to where my dad took me in Wisconsin yeah. for a week. I'm like, I think it'd be really cool. Yep. And she's like, well, okay. So... Got everything booked up, and I was like, you know what would be even better? She's like, what? I was like, if I take my dad on vacation, because all his life, he's paid for me and my brother to go here. Yeah. I think it would be cool to pay for him to go and yep. him to and have it be the same place he took us. So I called him and said, hey, Dad, you know, you got anything going on this week? He's like, no. I was like, well, take vacation from work. He's like, well, what do you mean? I was like, I'm going to take you to Wisconsin for a week. He's like, really? He's like, you want me to help you? He's like, no, I already booked it and everything. He's like, you just got to come with. Yeah. I'm like, and that was so cool. Yeah. You know, to be able to take my dad. We've done that the last couple of years, except this last year, but we're going again in 2022. Yeah. I started talking to my dad actually about buying land up there. Yep. So he's like, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm just like, he's like, well, where do you look? I was like, well, I went on the same lake. You know, there's a couple different options, and my brother wants to go in on it too. So. Probably next summer, start looking at that a little bit more. And what's your brother do? So he is a, what would you call it? Kind of like a, like an x-ray tech for, um, for like vets. They do a lot of the, he's a tech repair. It's something with like the CT scans and x-ray machines for vets and stuff. Yeah. Fixes them, builds them, places the orders for all the parts and stuff. Um, he got to go on a trip over Thanksgiving for Hawaii for a work trip. He's coming back from Nashville from another work trip on Tuesday. Dang. So, now, does your dad still work? My dad still works at the Morton Arboretum over in Lyle. So how old is he, 50s? Dad is 73. Dang. He's been there for 44 years. And he just works because he enjoys it. Loves what he does. So what's he do? He'll probably hate me for this. I believe he's the director of records and research over there. So what does he record and research? A lot of the plants Ah. and the trees and everything. Okay. That's really cool. So he's still very active in Boy Scouts. He'll do Eagle Project at the Arboretum with the kids. You were a life? I was a life scout. Oh, man. Was he an eagle? Dad was not. Okay. Um. I think my dad was my dad was pushing me to become an Eagle Scout, and I wanted to. I just missed getting my Eagle Project in before I hit 18. I was close. I was so close. I was close, but then I spent 11 years in Michigan actually helping other kids become Eagle Scouts at the summer camp. I don't tell anybody that I'm so, an Eagle Scout. 
People ask me, Tom, are you in Boy Scouts? Yeah, it was great. I bring, I'll bring it up at like <coughs> when everybody's talking about like their resumes and credentials, and I'm like, well, I'm an Eagle Scout, bitches. It's one of them, you know. It's you know? a, it's, it was a, it's a prestigious thing, and then like things started to go like, you know what I mean, as our world yeah. has changed and evolved, and. When you look at a lot of the a lot of the CEOs out there, I think they said there's something like seventy percent are Eagle Scouts. Yeah, there's definitely a significant amount, but like, I think with with the adaptations of of the world and yeah. how many cr crazy things that that they kind of. <laughs> Except I'm not against, you know, anybody or anything like that. But that's where I'm like, I'm, I don't want nobody to come at me and be like, oh, you were into that, that Boy Scouts. And I was like, nah, it wasn't, it wasn't that player. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I, was, I was just tying the knots. And <laughs> I, I mean, it's funny because my wife's like, you were in Boy Scouts? I was like, where do you think I learned some of this stuff? That yeah. you're just like, where did you learn this? A lot of it was from Boy Scouts. Like, yeah. Building a fire. Real simple things. Knots. You don't like take it into consideration now, but like I for sure do square knots if I'm doing, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, majority most people don't even probably realize the knots that they're tying mm -hmm. you know what i mean and the purposes and like two half hitches and yeah, oh yeah <laughs> i'm gonna embarrass it's, myself because a lot of people actually <laughs> listen to this podcast i mean it's my wife it's is, cool though it is accepting you and just being you it's cool uh it, it kind of leads me into what i want to talk about next is like music growing up like were you in any type of music growing up uh it varied at different stages in life yeah I think junior high and high school was a lot of rap, actually. Who? I, was, I bought the very first DMX CD. DMX Let's is go. dark and it's hell is hot. Yeah. And I constantly listened to the How'd rough. you feel about him passing away? It sucked. Yeah, dude, that was nuts. You and Dave probably called, called each other up crying. No, he called me crying. So, <laughs> so there was a lot of rap. DMX, Dragon, um, some Tupac. Uh, a little bit of Biggie, a little bit of Mystical. As we wrap up business, though, I, I want to talk about favorite memories in business. Favorite memories, crazy stories. <clears throat> There's actually quite a few crazy stories. Yeah, in crazy stories. Years, you run across some interesting things, especially the first 11 years were in person. Yeah, yeah, they were. Only the last two years have been virtual, so it really limits the crazy stories when you're virtual. Yep. Uh, in person. It's like my first year, I went down to Bloomington, and I was training with Greg, and this was in one of their mobile home parks, yep. and this older lady, and you could tell something was off with this double wide. You walked up, you could smell a faint ammonia smell. Oh, cat houses. She came to the door, she opened the door, it, it, I mean, it, it hit you. Yeah, just, straight just absorbed ammonia. you. Walked into the house... And the carpet squished. Oh, I think you told me about this. She one. had like 40 or 50 cats in here. <laughs> and I think I made it maybe about 10 minutes. Yeah. Before I came running out and threw up. Greg came out to make sure I was okay, but he's like, at least you gave me the opportunity to get a fresh breath. I mean, he went back in. And actually, he sold her. Oh, yeah. You always sell that house. I'm like, I don't know how you did it. I'm like, I just can't do it. That's a buyer. Like, there's no way I was making that. Oh, uh, there was a house like that in Nebraska. And we, uh, I think John Rent went up there and like <laughs> sold it, didn't resolve the lead. And then I go out and door knock it with a trainee and I like sent him in there. I was like, I'm going to the car. <laughs> I told him, I was like, go ahead and finish up this presentation. I'm going to the car. It's like, this is beyond me. I I've spent too many years out here in these cat houses. There's, um, God, we had the cat house. My craziest when a dude ran out and he already had the gun sideways. Wife answers the door and he's like, honey, they're here again. West oh. Virginia. I'm just this mixed, you know, this little mixed black kid <laughs> up in up in Morgantown, West Virginia. And I start to like backstep and like I just see this dude run and grab like right off the top of like some dresser thing. Oh, man. Just comes outside. He's like, get back, motherfucker. And I'm like, I don't have a gun. We had a couple like, of guys greet me at the door with a shotgun, yeah. 12 gauge. Um, well, I mean, I probably wouldn't. You think you figure you call call a dude's wife, you set up an appointment, you come out there and you're some big six four six five. Well, listen, I actually dude. called the. I set the appointment with the husband. Ah. And showed up. This was down in Chillicothe. Well, part of our presentation is like, please make sure your wife's going to be there. It's going to be very he's important. Single. Oh. He just had right at the door. Came. He's like, I don't know who you are. I'm just like, okay. I'm, I'm Joe. I'm Joe. Like, here's, here's my ID and here's your 
certificate yeah. with Jake Agent Carter. State Farm. So, yeah, I mean, plenty of interesting things have happened out yeah. the road. A couple car accidents. Oh, for sure. Totaled one car. That what? What about that one blizzard you were telling me about? Oh man, where you like so, got so stuck. I went against the better judgment of my wife. Oh, that wrong girlfriend thing to do. at the time. Yeah. So we were up in Melrose Park. I was actually driving back and forth to Peoria four days a week while I was yeah. trying to find a place to live. And they predicted this massive blizzard. Uh-huh. Well, Bob was coming down to meet me and the other MGA. So I told her, I'm going to go down there. She's like, well, it's a big storm. Come right back. I'm like, well, I got like three appointments. I'm like, blizzard means no no-shows. Because no yeah. one else is crazy enough to go out in this stuff, whereas I am. Yeah. <clears throat> so... Come down there. Bob has our meeting with us. Takes us out to lunch. He leaves to go home right as it's really starting to come down. So I start running my appointments. I should have known after my first appointment to call it quits. Yeah. Got stuck in the driveway. Yep. Coming out. Sold the house. Helped me get the car out. Next, I'm going to my next appointment. It's about 6 o'clock at night, so it's pitch black. It'll be in the winter. Yeah. Country road, and I realized I'm having trouble seeing. I'm like, this isn't gonna work. So, called that appointment. The next one, saying no more. Finally, start driving back. Realize I'm not gonna be able to get back just getting out of this country road. So I'm like, I have to find a, a hotel to stay at. Yeah. Well, I made a wrong turn into an apartment complex. I'm like, okay, well, I got to turn around. Well, the snow's coming out so heavy, I can't see. I thought the road went left. It really went right. Yeah. I go left. Thank God I ended up in an empty parking spot. But it's all ice. Yeah. So front wheel drive car. Tried getting out. Couldn't. Tires just spin, 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 spin. Knocked on a couple apartment doors. One guy came out with like the mat. Tires just flipped the mat up into the wheel wall. I'm not getting out. Yeah. Call up Christy. I'm like, I'm not coming home tonight. She's like, why? What's the matter? I'm like, I'm stuck. Yeah. She's like, like in a snowbank? I'm like, no, I'm stuck in a parking parking lot. But now the snow's building up. Yeah. She's like, well, what are you going to do? I'm like, well, what can I do? No one's answering the doors to some stranger. Hey, can I have some salt? Yeah. <laughs> like, luckily, I got a half a tank of gas. This, I'm like, if I got to sleep in here, at least get me to the morning or at least till the, the plow guy comes through the apartment complex. Yeah. He actually finally did come through, and he actually told me out, I think, at, like, 2 in the morning. I spent, like, six hours in the car. Yeah. Luckily, Jesus. the roads cleared up a little bit. I was able to get to my friend's house in Bloomington about 45 minutes away. But I remember just, I think I counted about 40 cars and 20 semis in about a 45-mile stretch. Yeah. And my wife's just like, never again. I'm just like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Now, what's your favorite memory with the company? Favorite memory with the company? Yeah. There's a lot. You can only pick one. If I got to pick one, it would it would have to be letting my wife pick the house out that she wants to buy. Yeah. Direct result from the company. Direct result from the company. Yeah. You know that would be, that would be the best memory if I if I could only choose one. Yeah, and that's something you guys get to live in for the rest of your lives. Absolutely. You know. You finally got your own space. I only had. I only had two things to input on. Yeah, your own space. One was I want an office. Yep. And I want a garage. Yep. Those were my only two requirements. Everything else, she picked out. What do you like in the, about the garage? What do you need in the garage? Three car garage. You like tools, or you so like I working on cars? Tools. I can work on the cars. I can build stuff. Yeah. What do you like? To, is it just tinkering, or is there something like a hobby no, you like to work on? I can. My dad says I definitely got a lot of my grandfather in me. Yeah. To where he's like, something goes wrong with the car. You literally just look at a YouTube video, and you're like, I can do that, and you go and do it. Yeah. So from doing the, the suspension stuff to. Pretty much almost, I've done all the repairs on all the cars. Yeah. And 
my wife's just like, I don't know how you do this stuff. I'm like, watch a YouTube video really quick. I'm like, that looks easy enough. And I just go ahead and do it. Yeah. And figure it out along the way. What do you think is your favorite memory in life? Would it be that memory then? I would say the favorite memory in life. I don't think anything compares to watching your kids being born. Ooh. I don't know if I want to. Maybe I'm still too young. I don't want to watch my kids be born. I watched both my girls come into this world. And you love um, everybody I hear loves loves that experience for the most part. I mean, I've said some. If I've said some pretty dumb stuff in the delivery room. Yeah. Especially when our first daughter was born in a room full of women. Keep in mind, this is my wife's third child, my first. Yeah. Well, found out the more kids you have, the easier they come and you got to get to the hospital quicker. So when yeah. pushing comes, they don't push as much. So my wife only pushed twice. Yeah. Aubrey came shooting out and she was holding her in like surprise because she came yeah. out so quick. My dumb ass says, they don't seem too bad. I've never felt so many eyes upon me. Oh, my God. And they all looked at me. And I'm just like, sorry. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> but that experience, like watching, seeing your child come into this world. Yeah. Is like no other. And the feeling follows after it because it's, it's, it's a love that's. And if you have kids, you'll understand once you have kids. Yeah. It's a love that is not worked for. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's a love because it, it's your kid. You love your kids. Yeah. From from the moment you lay eyes on them, it's like I love my kids. Yeah, yeah. You know, I would say that would be my favorite experience seeing my kids come into this world. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, how old is she? She's so I have two girls I and say. I have two older boys. Okay. So my boys are. Sean is about to be nineteen. Yeah. On the eighth on Wednesday. Let's go. Damien is 15. He'll be 16 on April 15th, which he hasn't figured out why that's not tax day, baby. Yeah. Aubrey will be 10 tomorrow. Let's go. And then Jolene is going to be three on the 31st. And she crawls over everything. She runs over everything. Runs over. Okay. Kids are so damn smart. And she is more smarter than what she needs to be at three. Yeah. She's learned, she climbs up on cabinets. She knows where we hide everything. Yeah. She definitely knows how to play her father. Yeah. That's from day one. Both the girls do. Yeah. So. Now, what is your, as we wrap this up, we're a little over an hour now. What is your favorite movie? Favorite movie? I don't even know. Favorite movie? Or top three. Top three? Yeah. Probably do Spaceballs. Um, Schindler's List. I'm going to put these in my notes. And um, <laughs> God, number three. Shawshank Redemption. Such a good movie. Such a good movie. Joe Hedborn. Spaceballs. I don't even I don't think you were you were definitely weren't born with Spaceballs. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Um favorite book. Favorite book? Yeah. I don't I have always haven't been a big reader until I started here when I was forced I was forced to read. Yeah. The good old pick it up or else. Not even pick up or else. It was, you know, a lot of it was, especially from Dave, he never forced it on us. You know, he really wanted, good psychology. He wanted us to want to read to grow. Yeah. So I think I know the first book he had he had me read was How to Win Friends and Influence People. Great book. And then I know once once getting into church and having that relationship with God, starting to read the Bible, but I still have struggled with reading it every day, which I'm trying yep. to Yeah, we do Proverbs. With. That's what we do. So, I mean, I would say probably favorite book is How to Win Friends and Influence People. I've read that one the most. That's a simple book. Great principles. They're one principles the, that never go out of style. Never go out of style. And it's one of the core books that all the other leadership 
uh, or, or leadership consulting, leadership books, and really those individuals that, that rise up in a leadership and build up, like they, they all kind of explode from yeah. that, that cornerstone it's, of leadership. It's an easy read. The concepts are not complicated or hard to understand. And you, you can apply them not only into a leadership setting, but you can apply them in how you deal with people in a personal setting. Yeah. Yeah, facts. What's your now I know sometimes you get a get a game going. What's your favorite what what game do you play right now? NHL twenty two. You love Xbox hockey. Xbox one. I'll play hockey. You gonna play any Call of Duty or anything? Every now and then. My sons play it a lot. They so who's your go to team or player on NHL? Team? I'll be the Pittsburgh Penguins. You like the Pens? I do. I grew up a the funny thing is How'd you grow up liking the Pens? So sports teams, bulls all the way. Okay. Up until Jordan retired. Yep. You know. I think we're gonna do a Bulls game in February. And then baseball would be the Cubs. Yep. My dad was raised a Cubs fan, so he raised us as one. Yep. Then football, obviously the Bears. Yep. Hockey was the Penguins because I remember the first few hockey games I saw on TV was when Yarmir Yager and Mario Lemieux were playing. Yeah. And I just loved watching them play. So I became a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. Yeah. Crazy athletes. They were. Crazy athletes. Now, who's your favorite player on the game right now? Like, who's your go-to? Probably Crosby. Now, Everybody hates Sid the Kid. Is he still on the pens? Still is. Okay. But, I mean, you got to admire an 18-year-old coming out of pretty much high school. Yeah. Straight into the NHL. Yeah, that's insane. That's insane. You know, it's like next to soccer, hockey is one of How old is he now? He's got to be in his 30s. Let's see how old Crosby is. And he's got some concussions, too. He does. He was a target for a long time. Sydney Crosby age. Wonder what his net worth is too. Well, it's gotta be up there. Now is this thing searching? Is there anything you wanna he's thirty four. Sydney Crosby thirty four. Cole Harbor, Nova Scotia, Canada. Man, I feel bad for the people in Canada. <laughs> All forced to vax up. Stanley Cup, 2009, 16, and 17. Yep. These guys don't look that old, but. I mean, you know I mean, if you look at Alexander Ovechkin. No, they look. Well, so I guess I should say they look way older than what their age is showing. That's the toll that the sport takes yeah, on the body. Yeah, dude. That's a lot. So as we wrap up, is there anything else you want to put out there and your vision for the future? Or? I would say, I mean, this business is so. It's so funny, and Dave always told told this to me. He's like, this business is so forgiving Yeah. at times. And it can be the best thing in your life, and it can bring you down to your knees in tears at times. Yeah. And you can disrespect this business for, for periods of time. And disrespect, not like do anything illegal, but, you know, not do what you should be doing if it's running appointments, making phone yeah. calls, or whatever the case may be. You can instantly in the next second start doing what you're supposed to and this business will reward you yeah yeah <clears throat> completely agree you know it, it's true that this business can be it's a money-making machine you yes know, they give you the machine they give you the paper they give you the ink yep they give you the license to do it yep you have to supply the work to run the machine yes yes love the so, way you put that i mean this can this business be for everybody you know, I think there was a point in time where I think, I would say, yes, anybody can do this business. Yeah. I mean, after being here for so long, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think everybody can do it. Yeah. I think a lot of people can. They're just, I don't want to say they, they don't have, what's the word I'm looking for? they don't have like that little push to give them that belief. Yeah. Like to jump into it. Mm -hmm. You know, and some yeah, people I just agree. never get that push. Yep. Yep. Completely agree. Is there anything you want to shout out? Any businesses or um, bring light to anything? No, I mean, I, I would say, you know, obviously I think the biggest thing is thanking God. Yeah. You know, it has to be because 
I mean, he looks out for me and my family. Yep. Even if I'm not listening to him. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. You know, you know, my wife, my kids, my parents, you know, Dave, and I know even you and Simon, and in the short amount of time that we've had with yep. each other, you know, Simon's, you know, there's a lot of times, because especially in that beginning where I was saving and I got my house in May, we were, we were only together for five months. Yeah. And I mean, I included you on that text yeah, with Simon, Bob, and Dave. Yeah. And I mean, Simon's response was, you know, I'm so happy for there's so much more to come, you know, along those lines. And then when we had that dinner, I think a couple months later, or that one of the meetings, like, you know, I got this text from Joe and I didn't even know why I was on there. It's only been like four months. It was like, in a short amount of time, you guys impacted me in a very big way. Yeah. You know, and everybody involved from you, Simon, Bob, Dave, throughout the years, mm -hmm in the time that we've been together, I mean, me and Christy set a goal five years ago. Yeah. And pretty much five years to the date, <clears throat> we bought our house and completed that goal. Yeah. Which was so cool. That's awesome. You know, so, I mean, obviously, big shout out to God for everything that he does. I mean, I always like it, but it has its purpose <laughs> to grow. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Obviously, you, Simon, Dave, Dave, I mean, I've been with him for 13 years. He's been through the good, the bad, the happy, and the sad times with me and yeah. vice versa. Yeah. You know, so it's just this Man. business has been so rewarding for an average average kid growing up. Yeah. To be able to you tell do me, man. Extraordinary things for yeah. his family now. And it's like, you know, I know your story. And it's like, yeah. Shit. I mean, you've been here four years and you've accomplished five times as much as I have. Oh, man. Yeah. And it's it, the funny thing, it is so cool to see. And a lot, I think a lot of people can look at that and be like, you know, he's doing something wrong. It's like, no, he was willing. I tell everybody, I'm like, does it, because they've had a couple of people ask you, like, does it bother you? You know, Tristan's like, you know, almost half your age and he's done this and he's running off. I'm like, no, I'm like, Tristan did what I wasn't willing to do early on in my career. So he gets to reap the rewards yeah. for it. I'm like, and use that as an example. Look yeah. at Tristan, do what he wasn't willing to do, which is probably very little. Yeah. And you'll have the same rewards. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, my rewards are direct reflection of my work and I'm happy with that. Yes, absolutely. And I got to give a huge shout out to making me over here blush and nervous, <laughs> but that's for sure. Simon, you know what I mean? Right company, right place. And, just right people, mentorship. Timing's everything. Between Simon and God. And my mom was supportive, the only supportive person, but I love it, bro. Yeah, I think that. And then my dad told me recently, probably within the last year, we were talking and I think we were out just having a beer. And he's like, you know, I'm really proud of you. He's like, I was kind of skeptical 12 years ago when you were starting this saying, you know, in 10 yeah. years, you can have X amount of dollars a month coming in and yeah. work and this and How that. How is that residual income? It's beautiful. It's right? allowed me to, <coughs> excuse me. I mean, well, you know, I had surgery in October. Yeah. I've been able to recover on my time frame. Yep. You know, and not be rushed back because and not be of, stressed out either. Stressed out because of that residual income coming in. Yep. It's been a beautiful thing. Yep. You know, but having my dad tell me, he's like, you know, I'm proud of you. He's like, not many people can work, take care of a family of six. Yeah. You know, wife and four kids and six is the least that we've had in our house we were able to take in my niece yep we've taken in a gentleman from our church at the time who was recovering from brain cancer yep and he just lost his house yep and he's like not many people can do that yeah and he's like and it didn't hurt you financially yeah yeah it's phenomenal i'm like that's what this industry can do if you do it right if people come to this area, what pizza do they need to get? This is what we got to end with. We love food. Me and Joe love food. Well, it shows. I love my food. <laughs> I said pizza ways. I'd go Uno's Pizzeria. Uno's Pizzeria, the original one in downtown Chicago. Uno's. Mm -hmm. Is it a deep dish or it's is a it deep a dish? Deep dish pizza. What was that one? Uh, you had you chat chat or something pizza? Some it was like kind of like a Parmesan There's cheese. Jets. Jet, the, Jets it, with the turbo crust. Jets with the turbo crust was a fire pizza. Yes, it is. And then that, what's that uh, milk or what, that, that chocolate milk or that place where people, I, Oberweiss? Oberweiss. Oberweiss, good milk, and good ice cream. Good I like ice your ice cream, cream. Good milk. 
I like the original rainbow cone. Really? For ice cream, too. Do you know where that, that pink ice cream place? It's right down the road. No. I haven't been there yet. That's where the old bone of beef used to be. Dude, take, I mean, they got these fresh, like, donuts. Fire. The that's, sub sandwiches, Mr. Submarine. That goes fire. Capital Grill is a go to for me. Capital Grill is really good. Like, but we've gone to all these fancy places. Camp Capital Grill is like, for me, I love (laughs) the fancy places. I love food, but the Capital Grill is reliable and one of my favorites. First time I went there when you took me and Christy over there. Yeah. It was great food. Yeah. Yeah. It's fire. Great time. Fire. So, all right. Well, that's a wrap, Aiden. 